Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. And yes, I'm Rob Lucy. Thank you for joining us in the Legacy Cafe. You know, have you ever asked yourself, and you, you might get to a point, and I have, asked yourself the question, what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? Now, I don't think we're going to be able to find the answers today, but we may get just a little closer to them. We're going to talk to an author who says, the key to overcoming the obstacles that get in the way of finding fulfillment in adulthood is to shape a legacy that will last beyond our lifetimes. Dr. John Cotre was a professor of uh, psychology at the University of Michigan-Dearborn. He's a well-known author. He's written six books, including one called Make It Count, How to Generate a Legacy That Gives Meaning to Your Life. John Cotre, hello. Hello. Good to be with you, Rob. Well, thank, thank you for joining us. This book is about generativity, which is a term I never heard of until I got your book. Can you give us a, a definition of generativity, what it means? Yeah, generativity is a word that goes back to a psychoanalyst named Eric Erickson, who's probably better known for his description of identity crisis. But anyway, generativity is a concern for future generations. So creating them, nourishing them, raising them, uh, teaching them, passing on skills, leaving the world in a better place for them. It's about everything that we pass on to future generations, from the, from the genes in our body to the ideas in our head to any other kinds of resources that we may have. Mm -hmm. A great definition. So then how does it differ from legacy then? Well, I think um, one can think of it this way, and I, I believe that you have already thought of it this way, uh, generativity is a process by which we create a legacy and there are of course all kinds of legacies but it, it is a process so th therefore generativity is a, a process or a mindset and then uh, we and with that we, we, with, if we operate with generativity in mind we arrive at the legacies is that what you're saying that's pretty good you know I think of it a mindset is a good term I, I like to use the term a, a, the generative way so there's a generative way at looking at a lot of things and a lot of the choices that we make in life. And you can also think of the way as a kind of path that you can take. And in this book, Make It Count, I tried to lay out a path. After talking to and interviewing a number of people and getting their stories of, about generativity and the things that you run into if you want to be generative, I tried to arrange them in kind of an order uh, and we can call that ordering the path so if you walk mm -hmm. the generative way these are some of the things you're going to run into well let me before we get to those steps I'd love to hear them but I'm curious take me get me into my mind if I'm living mm -hmm. a generous a generative life yeah. what kind of what's my what's my brain doing what am I thinking what's important yeah. to me well it, well if you're a parent of course you're thinking of your children uh, you're thinking of the kind, and you're thinking of the kind of world you're leaving behind. Uh, you're probably thinking longer range uh, than you might be thinking now. You think of effects of uh, 
what you do that will live beyond uh, you. And you're also thinking of um, something that will survive you that has you in it. It might not even have your name on it, but somehow it has something of you and that it's very distinctive thing that is you in it. And so that thing will survive your death. And there will be people who remember you for that thing. Isn't, every, isn't everybody living a generative life, whether they know it or not? I mean, we're all leaving, we're all, every step we take in is part of our legacy. So sometimes we may be very conscious of it, leading a generative life, or we're unconscious of it, and it, it continues to affect those who follow us. Well, that's a good point. You know, it's like, um, I know when I sometimes first introduce the term generativity, folks say, well, I'm, I'm doing it anyway, and now you've given it a name. Well, it's true that everything we do has consequences, but some people are, are simply uh, more indeed be concerned about the well-being of, uh, of the future than others are. I guess what I'm thinking about is, is did my grandparents probably not consciously lead a generative <laughs> life, or my parents? Yeah, it's really, I really like that question about whether it's, is it conscious or not, you know? And I don't think my grandparents, well, I certainly didn't use the word, and I, well, I know so, so little, bit, little about my grandparents, but, you know, my grandparents were just surviving uh, and trying to uh, give their kids a better life than they had, and that's certainly generativity, uh, although they were probably working too hard to give much thought to it. But then, if you and I, who are now more aware of generativity, mm-hmm. um, being being aware of what we do and how it guides and helps or hinders the next generation, if I do it right, what's the value for me? If you're aware of it and you can see that you have had an effect, that's terrific. Uh, I've been having uh, weekly fish dinners with my grandson since he was a real little kid. You know, it's it's a father absence story. I sort of stepped into that role. And to see at 18, 19 now this kid starting to come into his own, that's really quite a high to see that happen. Uh, and I can think of another man who was, he was a farmer in Pennsylvania, became part of the state legislature, and worked with others. He said, I was just a cog in the wheel that made it happen. But they took an area of strip mines and converted it into a state park with a lake and fortunately, he has been able to stay alive, to be alive, to go there and sit and to actually see what he has brought into being. That's really very satisfying stuff. But he was able to see the legacy, the park. Oh, man, that's great, yeah. Boy, when you can see the result, that's really very satisfying. Now, you talked about a path to a state of generativity. You, you said you had some steps. Can you outline them briefly for us? It's interesting to me that, that the first step, if you will, is... Uh, what has the past generation left in me? What have they put in me? Good stuff, bad stuff, and uh, it's, you know, what you want to pass on the good stuff, you have to come in terms in some way with the bad stuff. Yep. Uh, it could be uh, abuse, it could be an absent father, but uh, it can be very, very difficult things. It can often mean not passing something on. So a very powerful story I saw a while back now. A woman was dying of AIDS. She had lost her husband to AIDS. And she said, yes, she's going to die, but there's a great deal of satisfaction in knowing that the virus would die with her. She would not pass it on. And so I know 
parents, a father in particular I'm thinking of, who had a terrible father. He is not passing that fatherhood on to his kids. He's passing on something different. So one of the things is just coming to terms with the past and deciding what it is that I want to pass on, what it is that I, that I don't want to pass on, but stopping the damage. Uh, legacies are destructive as well as, as constructive, I and mean, that's just a fact. Okay, so says step one is talking to your past, being aware of it. What's in you that came from the past that's good and bad? What's step and, number two? Well, then I then you have stopping the damage. That uh, you know sometimes I use the expression. You know people can, people will bear the scars of what happened to them, but their satisfaction in turning it around, not passing it on. Yep. Then there's a point where um, it's sort of discovering what it is that. You, you know, what is your voice? What is your passion? What is your calling? What is your gift? There's all sorts of things. And looking over your book, uh, Rob, there's this great chapter in there called Creating a Legacy, where there's all sorts of ideas of what people can do, what they can create, what they can pass on. And I have to say that some of these things, you know, might come from out of my nature. But sometimes the calling comes from the outside. It just comes knocking on your door. Yep. And uh, this has to be done. It's not something I would choose to do, but it has to be done. The world needs this to be done. My wife needs this to be done. So there's those kinds of callings, knowing what it is that I want to leave behind or what I want to try to bring into being that will live on beyond me. So the first step, talk to the past. Look at the past. See what came to you that's good and bad. Number two... If there's any damage being done, assess it and stop it. Yeah. Number three, finding a voice of your own. Basically, who are you? What are your skills and talents? And, and, and create a vision for what your voice for the future generations. I think so much of creativity and generativity involves somebody else involved with you, with whom you, as it were, lend your voice, who's a support to you and you, and you to them, and that can help uh, in creation. And then going on, a very tough one, and that is letting go of what it is that you have created. Parents will relate to this as their children mature, but also a business, something else that you have to turn over to somebody else. Uh, one of these things about legacies is you, you can't control what's going to happen to it. The last thing I, I, I call responding to outcome, and this is the question of whether you, whether you see the result. And it's great when you can. It's, uh, well, I don't know. It's difficult when you can't. And, and sometimes the outcome you see is not the outcome that you intended. Uh, something got away from you and turned into something else. And so um, what do you do when, you, when you, you're unsure about outcome? What do you do in the fall and you put some bulbs in the ground knowing you're not going to see them flower in the spring, that autumn planting? There's kind of a faith involved there, a faith in life that something good will come of this. You know, my answer to that one is kind of like, uh, keep on trucking, uh, keep on sewing. You're not sure what the ultimate outcome will be, but you keep going anywhere. A great example came from Joseph Campbell. He said, think of, think of the grass. You know, the grass grows, and then someone comes along and cuts it. So the grass starts growing again, and two weeks later, the guy comes back and cuts it again. Well, the grass doesn't say, I'm done, just because this guy keeps going, the, the grass keeps growing. And so, even though the outcome of our generativity, of our legacy may be uncertain, uh, and we won't know it 
keep on trucking. My sense is point eight, you call it responding to outcome. I, I'm thinking point eight is repeat. Very true. And I've seen kids playing a game that we used to call statues as kids. Played it in Chicago, and then when he moved to Ann Arbor, I saw kids playing it again, and no adult had taught them. So here's kids being generative, passing stuff on. Mm -hmm. you, you become a parent. That's a kind of generativity in young adult. Let me just run through. I want to get, make sure our listeners have a sense, and I have a sense, too, just because this is a big area along the lines of, as I said at the opening, you know, what is my purpose in life? So yeah. if gener generativity is a process or a mindset, mm -hmm. the steps you said, I'm going to make, I've made some notes and I want to make sure I got them right. Talk to your past, you said. Assess what came to you from your parents, your grandparents, etc. That's one. Number two, stop the damage. If there's been any damage and you're conscious of it, make a decision to, to stop it. Number three, mm -hmm. find a voice of your own. Know what your goals and your, your signature strengths can be applied to, to yes. elements in your life that provide some good for others Sign and you. Signature strength, very nice, yeah. yeah. Then the next step I've got, number four, is uh, blending your, your voice with another's. I mean, partner up with people. I mean, everybody, that's the, I've said in, in legacies, it's the connections that are the joyous part yes. of it. What, what gives us, makes us human is when, we're, when we connect to more other humans. That's number four. Then we create, which is really, I think, the legacy part of it, uh, because you now know what your yes. your strengths are, and you can create legacies. So that's creating then, small to large. I say in my book, too, yeah, I, I give an example of a little community garden I started, or an international charity I was part of. It doesn't matter yeah. what the size is. That's number six, I think. And then select what you want to live or die, because some of them may be good. Some of them, the ideas may not be doing what you want them to do. In a garden, you probably have to pull stuff. Yeah, it's got to be weeded. So this is the weeding part of generativity. Yeah, I guess that's a better way of saying it. I'm a weeding, yeah. <laughs> and then let go, number seven. Some of these creations, they, they will just have a life of their own, and you've got to say goodbye to them like you're kicked the, kick the kids out of the house. You take care of them after the creation as long as you can, as long as it's necessary. But there will come a time when they take leave of you or you take leave of them. And then the final number eight was, you, said, you called it responding to outcome. What is, what's, what's working, what isn't? Be conscious of it, go back to number one and start again. The flow of the idea, the, uh, the, as I say, the mindset of generativity is something that should be kind of perking in our a little engine running Keep, all the time. Keeping a source, the joy is bringing it into being. Your book, Make It Count, How to Generate a Legacy that Gives Meaning to Life, it, it outlines these eight steps. Okay, you had an idea about something called the story pouch. Can you quickly describe that? Because... As people know in my book, story is a huge part of legacy. What is the story pouch and what does it do? Well, I'm so impressed with what are called autobiographical objects. I'll give you a couple of examples. I sat down with a woman who was basically telling me the story of her and her mother. And she brought to the meeting pictures and she brought to the meeting five things. I can remember there being a wine glass a book, a couple of other things, and a hairbrush. We talked about the pictures, and then we talked about these things. And the things evoke so many more memories in her and deeper memories, and in particular the hairbrush, which was the brush she used on her mother's hair. Her mother was depressed a lot and would ask her to brush her hair. And this is the brush no doubt with some of her mother's hair in it that she used with her mother. And that brush 
summed up a big relationship, maybe the, the heart of the relationship with her, her mother, just this one object. And I had uh, took out of an old tackle box a, a little bottle of something called 612. Oh, I remember that. Anti-mosquito. Anti-mosquito, <laughs> right. This is a... Yeah, around 1950, I suppose, my dad and I went fishing. And, um, you know, we're on a lake, it's getting dark, uh, the, the bass and the bluegills are starting to rise to flies, and the bugs are out, and we slap on 612. So years later, I find this bottle, the label's off, and I take one sniff of it, and whole flood of memories come back. And again, that bottle could really stand for a relationship with my father. And, uh, you know, I thought, well, boy, if people would select just a few of these objects that stand for so much and just put the objects in a pouch, a story pouch, and put the story in with them. There's all sorts of ways you could do it. You could write it. You could record something that tells the story. Uh, the objects are so powerful. You, you mentioned them in your book. I think heirloom ramble, something of that idea. Yeah, all these yeah things. exactly. If I had to choose... A half a dozen of these things. That's all I get. And I chose very carefully and just lined them up on a table, picking ones that had the, the power that those did. I bet I could see my whole life there in those six objects. When I've had people bring in stuff, sometimes it's like a, an award or a piece of jewelry, but sometimes it's little things, something that might have been in a drawer, a stone. Why did they save the stone for 50 years? A bird's nest, an ashtray. You know, there's, there's a lot tied up with those memories, and they're very powerful. I'm going to tell you a story which I have not told ever. I, in, okay. I believe firmly in what you're saying because when, when my mom and dad went, uh, mom went before, ten years before dad, and then dad went. Um, we collected all these things. We did go around the house. Dad told us the stories about all these elements, which was a fabulous way of doing it. One of them I've got still in the a big box back in the garage is my mother's lighter. It was the lighter that I got up one first Friday with my mother and two, two sisters at church that I lit, and I was lighting stuff in, I was four years old, lighting stuff in the den. I lit some paper, um, and it, by golly, it started to burn, so I knew I was in trouble, so I had to get it out. So I, to put it out, I stuck it behind the bamboo curtains. Spin forward, our house burnt down, and I've got that lighter. Not that I want to burn down another house, but... Uh, well, it's a great story. I mean, it's just wonderful. So thank you very much, John. That was delightful. Yeah, We're pleasure. going to uh, at LegacyCafe.org forward slash Cotre, K-O-T-R-E. Mm-hmm. We're going to put some of your material there so that um, our listeners can start the journey to generativity, and, and generativity then will foster the creation of, of some great legacies, I hope. So mm-hmm. LegacyCafe.org forward slash Cotre, K-O-T-R-E. It was great to make the connection, Rob. Thanks very much. Well, thank you. Nice to talk to somebody who has the experience and the... I'm always afraid of talking to psychologists because I figure they can (laughs) see right through me. Thanks a lot for joining us, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Rob Lucy, and we'll see you next time at the Legacy Cafe. Hey, thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, Go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day, and remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe. Legacy Cafe.